You've tuned in to the Locum Story Podcast, a place where we interview physicians, PAs, and NPs from all different specialties and backgrounds about their careers, tips for success, and of course, locum tenants. Learn more about locums at locumstory.com. Hello and good afternoon. My name is Dr. Mariam Abakar, and I am excited to welcome you to this very special episode of the Locum Story podcast. I'm here with Dr. Chrissy Guidry to talk about how to start a side gig as a physician and to discuss whole body wellness. Dr. Chrissy, thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Dr. Chrissy is a distinguished trauma surgeon with a dual board certification in general surgery and critical care surgery. She brings experience in the high stakes world of trauma care, currently embracing the flexibility and diversity of locum tenens work. Dr. Chrissy is adept at navigating various surgical settings, showcasing unparalleled adaptability and expertise in acute care surgery. And beyond the operating room, Dr. Chrissy is the visionary founder and CEO of Whole Body Optimism an innovative company dedicated to empowering healthcare professionals. Whole Body Optimism is a movement aimed at helping busy healthcare workers reclaim their time, boost their energy, and achieve greater sense of well-being. Thank you so much, Dr. Chrissy. To start us off today, I'd like to ask you a question. As physicians, we spend so much time looking after the health of our patients. Why would you say it's important to also make our health a priority? And, and what does that look like to you? So that's a great question because, you know, a lot of people that have gone into medicine really have told themselves, you know, our patients need to be number one. Um, a lot of times we put our health and well-being on the back burner and we don't prioritize our own health and well-being. Well, you know, I think the pandemic especially highlighted this is when we do that too often, our own health and well-being will decline. And then when we show up to work, whenever we're showing up to collaborate with other people and provide this patient care, then the level and the, the quality of that care goes down when we're not caring for ourselves first. So, you know, I, I truly believe, and this is how I kind of got into this space was I started noticing colleagues and friends of mine who were in healthcare and just getting worn out, burnout from the process. When we don't elevate our own health and well-being above the others that we're taking care of to make sure it's it's at that peak level, then we cannot provide the care that we need to to our patients. And so that's kind of where this started in you know me thinking about um, getting into the health and wellness space. Thank you so much for that, Chrissy. I can't agree with you more. You know, I also had my own journey with long COVID. And I believe that it was as a result of having neglected my own health. So if I had something like whole body optimism, I think that I could have potentially prevented that or at least have been in a community that really highlighted uh, uh, the importance of personal wellness and, and well-being. So I guess to, to, to continue on the path of talking about whole body optimism, what started you? on this journey to create it. And could you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind WBO? And can you tell us about some of its goals? Yeah, I'd love to. So, you know, I was working at a major academic center in a busy level one trauma center. And it really got to the point where my husband and I got married. We wanted to grow our family. And 
we were having fertility struggles. As you may or may not know, one in four women struggle with infertility. And when you look at surgeons, it's actually one in three. So the, the high rate of infertility in surgeons could not be, you know, spoken enough highly from the rooftops because it is an important issue. And whenever I started realizing that this was a major obstacle for us to growing our family, I knew something had to change. I knew that I had to take a, a, a step back and audit my life circumstances and what I was doing in my life. What was I feeding my mind, my body, and my soul? And when I really realized that the things that I was doing was only sort of on that career side, I was really building up my CV. I was pouring all my time and energy into this. How can I, you know, get through the levels of ranks? How can I buy, how can it be the fastest way to become associate professor to professor? And when I was looking around thinking, what am I doing wrong? You know, like this is not working and the, the personal life is not working. What can I do that's different? And that's whenever I started taking, you know, a, a step back from clinical practice. So I decided, okay, I need less clinical time and more time to work on my personal issues. And I started, I hired a coach to help me. And she really helped me to open my eyes and see, Chrissy, like what, what's important in your life? What do you want to see yourself doing in five years from now, from 10 years from now? Do you want children? Because if you do, you need to start taking your energy out of being so much in the hospital, so much in your academic career and focus that on building your life outside of work. And so that's whenever I started realizing, well, maybe the things that I was doing, and, and to be honest, I had a, a leadership role in, in the wellness space um, at my local academic institution. And I started looking at this during this audit time and saying, well, maybe some of the things that I'm doing are not the cleanest ways of living. I took a you know inventory of the, the things in our household. Are we using clean products? Are we eating clean things? Are we eating inflammatory things? Are we feeding our minds with negativity? Are we surrounding ourselves with positive mindset people? Am I waking up in the morning thinking, oh, I'm just gonna wake up with 10 minutes left to get out the door? Or am I waking up with an intention of a meditative practice, prayer, meditation, mindfulness practice in the morning, journaling, things like that, that are setting me up for such a, like abundance in your day. So really when I started realizing, wow, like there's so many things that I could clean up in my life. I started realizing I gotta, I gotta write this down. I got to create a program. I have to create a place where other people can benefit like this. And I totally saw a transformation in my life. I started noticing I didn't have to drink coffee. I didn't even have to drink anything in the afternoon. Wow. I was so much energy. Mm -hmm. I felt so great in my body. I didn't feel like I was bloated and, and like uncomfortable in my own skin. I was able to say no. When someone said Hey, you want to do this, um, you know, research project, you want to be on this committee, you want to be on this QI project. I would say, 
no. And I didn't have to say like, no, I need to spend more time doing this. I need to do this and, and give myself excuses. I, I, I was able to set up those boundaries and I was able to protect that space and that time and that energy for the things that were more important to me. Now, if that was in line with what I really love, sure. I said, yes. And I wanted to do those things, but the things that didn't serve me, the things that didn't really light me up, that made me feel like all warm and fuzzy and say, yes, that would make me thrive. I just didn't take those opportunities. So after I started creating that, and that was shortly into the pandemic, because we had a little bit more time, I started realizing that I really need more time to grow my business. And that is when I started looking at opportunities for locums. And I slowly started getting, and and actually, and a lot of people don't actually think it's possible, but I was working part-time for an academic institution and I was working part-time doing locums. And, you know, it, it gave me this opportunity to have more free time to build my business, to do the research, to, you know, create content, create um, different visionaries and strategic planning for whole body optimism. And what I came up with were really six core goals. And I, I sort of reflect on these and I use these to build my community, build my um, digital content and uh, a basis for what I promote. The first is promoting physical health. So I really wanted to make sure people know that treating your body is very important. Now, this goes from what the food you eat, how the sleep you get, managing your fatigue, the things that you are doing to your physical body. The second pillar is enhancing your mental and emotional well-being. So this may be stress management tools, mindfulness practices, anything that is really encouraging clarity and emotional stability for you. There's a lot of neuromodulation. Um, you, you may or may not know, but I have a, a master's in neuroscience. So I get really interested in how the brain works and how it can impact our mental and emotional well-being. The third is a work-life harmony. And this is what I was referring to as the boundaries. Where are you going to place those boundaries at your personal life and in your professional life that are going to really scavenge all your precious energy to the most important things that really help you thrive? The fourth is building a supportive community. I totally believe that having a community of like-minded people together in either a Facebook group or in my group coaching set, um, my group coaching um, uh, episodes, I, I feel like people feed off of the energy of one another. It's so contagious when you see one person that has a story that they have made small changes in their lives. And, and maybe it's a way that I didn't even think of. And we all kind of nurture each other and build on that positive energy. The five is really encouraging continuous learning. And I am a lover of learning. And that is why I started my podcast this year. And in my podcast, I focus in on teaching. The first episode usually of the month is going to be a review article. I'm going to break down the review article, tell people what the science is saying out there. 
what are we, and I'm not going into odds ratios and statistics and things like that, because that's a lot of over our head stuff. And we need to know how is it practical? How is it, you know, relate to our lives? Right. Um, and so, and then I, I interview experts in the health and wellness space because, you know, the truth of the matter is we can't know it all. And everybody helps to encourage in this community and having more viewpoints, more um, different outlooks on life and different opinions of how they have, you know, because you can't just say this box is what everybody needs to be doing to um, get their optimal, you know, mind, body and soul optimization. Um, it's going to be different for everybody and not everything's going to work for everybody. So it's really cool to see how different people have embodied and embraced different ways of finding that. And the final thing is something that I really want to have a long-term plan doing is changing the systemic issues at institutions. So my goal would be that the whole body optimism community really is encouraging one another to build up their own whole body optimism, but then take that to their workplace, take that to where they are on a day-to-day -day basis and making changes so that people around them can feel that change. So that whenever, let's say your colleagues are calling you for a consult, you're not snipping at them because you don't want to go see the patient, but you have this different mindset that wow, like we can really work together on this. If I'm taking care of myself and I feel good about my talents, then that person is calling me because they need my help because that patient needs my help. You know, like if we can create this environment at the institutional level where people are not jerks to one another, I think that we're doing a whole lot of good, not just to our institutions, but to our patients. That's excellent. That's excellent, Dr. Chrissy. Gosh, I, I have taken so much away from what you have said. I mean, specifically, just what you mentioned here shortly before, that when we get a consult as a psychiatrist, you know, uh, myself in consult liaison psychiatry currently, I understand that feeling when I am not well and how that can translate to, uh, you know, subpar care for the patient. And mm -hmm. so it's quite important, like you're mentioning, to take care of ourselves, to build a sense of community, to continue to learn, to continue to have a work-life harmony, to work on our mental and emotional well-being and our physical health. I myself could learn so much from whole body optimism. <laughs> specifically, Yeah, absolutely. Specifically in the context of working on my physical body. I know that, you know, there was a time in my life where I had neglected at first my spiritual health, then mm. I had neglected my emotional well-being, then I began to neglect my physical well-being and focus all of my efforts on my career, like you had mentioned, right? Kind sure. of putting all your eggs in one basket. And that's when my body literally gave up on me and it yeah. said no more. And I had no other choice but to build my way up physically then mentally and emotionally, then spiritually. And sometimes, you know, having to go in between and kind of modulate. And, and I can tell you what, I also changed my, my uh, work location. I went to another academic institution. I myself did locums too in between as I was healing. And that was a respite period for me, an excellent respite period. Um, I'm still connected with global medical staffing and love it. 
And uh, I find that it gives me a lot of uh, flexibility as well, as you mentioned, you know, so thank you so much for that. How, I know you mentioned that there are these six core goals of promoting physical, emotional health, harmony, uh, being in a supportive community, continuing to learn and having uh, engaging in a long-term plan of changing the systemic issues at institutions. How do you think we could move forward with changing these systemic issues at institutions in addition to on an individual to a community level? Do you find yourself wanting to move forward in advocacy or talking to other greater institutions uh, of, of, of some sort, perhaps the AMA, things of that nature? Sure. Sure. So that's a good question because, you know, um, I was in a place where I was in a leadership position and, um, you know, I was, you know, the well-being director for the residents and I felt like that leadership position, I could make a lot of change, but I started realizing that if the institution is not sort of all people have to have buy-in, you have to have the leaders of the leaders to have buy-in to what you're doing means, you know, the world to you. And I'm not saying that like there was no buy-in. There is a lot of buy-in at all academic institutions. Everybody out there, you know, in their right mind wants to have the best well-being for their faculty, their staff, their residents, and medical students. Everybody does. Um, the problem is no one wants to pay until we can really establish uh, and change the, let's say, dedicated FTEs or um, buy-in at, at the individual level that kind of like goes more up to leadership. So let's say we have wellness champions. We have some protected amount, even if it's a 0.05 that someone in your department can have as the wellness champion. That person can be that go-to that let's say joins up with the wellness committee at the institution. And then it's sort of like you're doing this small level, more impactful, organic, um, relational change instead of this like evangelical change from, you know, this high leadership position. So that's kind of how I see it. And I, I think the, the organizations are catching on the AMA, the, um, you know, I'm a surgeon. So um, the American College of Surgeons, they have a, a well-being task force. Um, it is being more in vogue. And I think, honestly, people in my generation and the generation below us, you're probably about my age. Um, you know, the people below us are going to demand this, right? They're going to look for jobs and they're going to say, where is my paternity leave? Right. Maternity leave. Where is my days off? How, how am I being supported? Where is my, where's the wellness committee? Where's the, you know, things like that. And the more and more people that are empowered to ask for those things, even residents, when I, I tell my medical students that I work with, even I still work with medical students and residents now, I say, when you go to interview for your residency and young faculty, whenever it's residents that are graduating, when you're interviewing for your jobs, ask them, what does it look like when someone is on parental leave? Right, right. Because they say- 
question. Oh, wait, we don't, we don't have, we don't have parental leave. Like we don't have anybody else cover. Like everybody just kind of fills in, you know, that's a problem. Right. Something that, you know, I'm thinking about as you're speaking, Dr. Chrissy is unions and the unionization of residency programs. I know that currently, um, you know, the institution that I'm working at through HMS, their uh, uh, residents and their fellows have uh, CIR, the Committee for Interns and Residents, which provides so much of this. And I think that the unionization sweep on a national level may be part of the answer as well, from sort of like the the bottom to top, as you had mentioned, it starts on an individual level, moves up the chain. And I love that idea of a wellness champion, you know, an FTE that's that's simply, uh, uh, you know, dedicated to the well-being of the department, the well-being of the faculty and the staff, the well-being and the cohesiveness of Mm -hmm. the institution. And that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. What would you say to our viewers out there for them to promote their sense of well-being, Dr. Chrissy? How was for somebody who, let's say, is stuck in the, the shall we call it a rat race right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you tell them um, in terms of where to start? I've taken a lot of education courses and, and whatnot, and it it starts with a needs assessment. It starts with your own personal audit. There's so many quizzes out there assessments online. There's the well-being index. There are different things that you can look into to really get a sense of what are you lacking in your life. You can look at the wheel of happiness where you look at different sectors of your life. You can look at the eight pillars of well-being. Look at things that really, because, because, you know, as physicians, we like to see data. (laughs) We like to see something on paper. Tells us. Right. Like this, this is where you're lacking, you know, <laughs> right. um, you know? Um, I really think it's important that you spell it out. You don't just say, all right, I'm going to do a meditation and it's going to tell me where I need to <laughs> increase my well-being in life. You know, no, like the, the ice cream socials and, and yoga parties are not going to help you here. Okay. Right. We're right. going to need to spell it out on a journal, on a piece of paper and say, okay, Here's the let the layers of my life. What, what's my goals? Where how what am I tolerating right now? How can I get past that? And and you really have to make some actionable goals. I have what's called a vision board. I don't know if you've ever lovely. You, lovely. Yes. Yes. Here, here's my here's one of the I put a copy oh, of it. Lovely. Lovely. Can you walk us through this? Oh yeah. So here's my vision board. Um, and you know, so I printed a couple of copies of this and I put them around my house. Oh, I love this. So this is me and my group coaching, actually not me, but I did this about three years ago, this whole thing. Yep. Yep. Uh, This here is my husband and I doing renovation projects because he is a general contractor and we like to do that. And this actually, this is like, my husband thinks it's creepy, but (laughs) I put our faces on like a couple that have like two children. Um, That helps us to uh, envision what our life is going to be like when we have kids. We're still going through the infertility process and the fertility IVF and, and donor process right now. So that just, it gives us hope. It gives us something to look at. It gives us a a goal uh, viewpoint to say, okay, when I look at these things, these make me smile. Yeah. They make me smile. They make me smile. And I, (laughs) 
And I truly believe that you're going to achieve all of those things and many sure. of those things, many more. And, and, you know, I, I know like I had done time capsules and certain vision boards in the past, but you're inspiring me to redo them again, honestly, because yeah. there are, t there are some that I've looked back on that I found years, sometimes decades later, and I check off things that I've accomplished and it's such a beautiful and powerful tool. Now, I guess I, I'd like to shift gears a little bit. Well, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions, but I will first start off to ask you, how are you doing throughout the IVF process? I know that there are a lot of women out there that may, this may be a sensitive topic and it, it may be something that may be difficult to discuss that a lot of women may want to hear uh, yeah. about or hear from. How yeah. have you managing your own emotional and mental well-being as you and physical well-being as you go through this and my you know I I commend you on it and um I, I I really wish you all the best with it how have how have you been doing yourself sure so I'd love to talk about it so you know if you would have asked me this probably three years ago I would have probably started crying and like just had a breakdown because um you know it's something that you really have to um, talk through, use a community to guide you. And I think the most important part for me was my fertility coach. Um, she really, you know, opened my eyes to see how things are happening for me mm -hmm. and not to me. Um, you really have to step back and see the timeline as your destiny. You have to know that things are happening exactly the way they're supposed to. And that if for you to wish otherwise, you're choosing a disservice to yourself. I can wake up and say, I'm going to be pissed off today because, you know, I didn't get to sleep good last night or something. Well, you're just setting yourself up for failure throughout the day. But if yes. I wake up and I say, Today is going to be an amazing day. I am going to experience love, joy, kindness. I'm going to have synchronicities show up in my life that are just going to wow me. And yeah. more and more you're aware and not, not to say like, you're just like rose coloring it all, but you're putting this into your conscious mind to say, I'm going to be more aware of those things. Whenever I get up out of bed, I am going to think about my feet hitting the ground and you're, you're living out those each and every moments and you're realizing how grateful you are to be where you are in every moment. Yes. And you just have so much more appreciation for the process. Yes. It reminds really? me of the concept. I know you have a master's in neuroscience, so I'm sure that you're familiar with this topic cognitive resonance so the opposite of cognitive dissonance right mm -hmm. so what you're telling us is actually based in science and you know better than i do right that it's yeah. based in science that when we prep our mind to see the things that we want to see our mind then scans that more uh frequently for example have you ever bought a, a red car and then all of a sudden all the cars on the street are now red you know yeah. and so you your brain is scanning familiarity and the more familiar we make ourselves with kindness and love and expecting goodness despite our challenges the more we may end up seeing them in our day so kudos to you right. dr chrissy for your strength you are a strong woman well and you know and and 
coming back to the fertility part is, you know, um, actually I, a, a couple of years ago, I gave a Ted talk about, uh, the fertility journey and, um, and, and the process behind it. And, um, I wasn't like the keynote of the Ted talk night. Um, it was done at, um, Tulane and actually the keynote speaker, he talked a lot about this, things are not happening to you, but for you. And it really resonated with me so much further after that. And like, so to think about whole body optimism, perhaps I would have never discovered it or never even wanted to have the desire to start whole body optimism if it weren't for my fertility journey. That just gave me chills. Oh, yes. That just gave me chills. Yes. And I yeah. mean, think about all the like, like, and, and, you know, I had a partner and, and during my locums, you know, she, she was going through infertility things too. And it was hard. She had had a miscarriage and we were talking about it and she looked at me and she said, Chrissy, anybody can be a surgeon. Anybody can go through training and not to minimize surgeons or anything like that. But if you have the will and you want to be a surgeon, you can go and be a surgeon but no one is going to be the mother to your children in your future. Powerful. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be working that much. I need to like focus more on my children. They're coming to me, you know, and, yes. and remember, you know, I started doing a lot of manifestations, a lot of visualizations and, and finding peace on that that timeline and when my babies were coming to us. That's beautiful. It's almost like we also have to really shift our, our mindset to want harmony more than we want career success, which has been quite the opposite of what's taught on a systemic level, on an institutional yes. level. Totally. Right? How does one change that into wanting greater harmony in their life and working towards that? How can we unbrainwash, shall I say, ourselves? Yeah. How can we go about that? I think it's a big part of being mindful. I think, you know, you really have to set back and, and make not just career goals, but you have to make value-based goals. And what does that mean? So to me, that means I value family. I value quality time with people. So how am I making goals in my life to say that I'm achieving those goals if I'm just like focusing on my career? That's beautiful. Value-based goals, because those then become the umbrella to what pushes us to succeed in various aspects of our lives and prioritizing what's most important. Correct. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, shifting gear, thank you so much for all of this, Dr. Oh, Christie. Sure. Shifting gears a little bit. Do you have any advice for physicians who are thinking about starting a side gig or blog, podcast, social media page centered on a passion, either inside or outside of medicine? Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I teach a lot of my clients and a lot of the medical students and residents, you know, like if they want to do something like this, they have to, you know, first and foremost, think about you know, what they love. So I know it's like, maybe people think it's woo, woo, but like really on a day-to-day -day basis, like if you love, you know, working out, okay. I, you know, have a podcast myself and I was interviewing a physician recently 
who she was a primary care physician and she loved, you know, training and she loved working out. So she pivoted her whole career to be a wellness coach who focused on how to train people to work out better. I love that. Right. It's like, you can, you don't have to, you, you don't have to have this cookie cutter career that we are sort of brainwashed to be from medical school, that we have to do all these things that, you know, you know, our professors tell us we have to do. If you love one part of your career or one part of your life that you have gotten to because you became a doctor, because you became a surgeon or, you know, psychiatrist, and that excites you, that makes you happy. That is the definition of what you love, right? So think about those things, you know, think about what, what lights you up, what really makes you happy. So happy. That makes you like really bubbly and, and, and whatnot. There's gotta be something. And, and I tell a lot of my learners, whenever that happens, you need to write it down. Love it. You need to, you know, either you like take out your phone, put it in the notes section, Um, whenever you have that feeling that you're like, oh my God, like, like something is resonating inside, write it down because you have to reflect on that, that point in time later. So number one, what you love. So number two, you have to look at what are you good at? So you could be, I I'm really good at cheering at the saints games and going to football and stuff like that. Um, but am I like, what, how, how am I like good at that? Yeah. Maybe I'm good at it, but like, you have to love it, but then you have to be really good at it. You have to like, really think about, am I good? Am I a good mentor? Am I a good coach? Like, am I even good at it? Right. And then number four, you have to think about, um, what, what are, what does the world need? So the, do we need more coaches? Yes, we need more coaches because, you know, um, I honestly think that coaching is really what will help people to realize that they need to be their authentic self. They can show up. They could be empowered. Um, they, they could be their best selves and really get out there. So, yes, I think that we need what the world needs. And then fourth and should be the, the least is what do you get paid for? Mm-hmm. I love that you made that last. And so I, I truly believe that it has to be in there because if you're not getting paid for it, then you're not going to feel valued. Right. And right. feeling valued is very, very important. Yes, so sir. I kind of like start off with the, what you love like that. And, and to be honest, if you're doing something that you're good at, and that you love so much and that the world needs, people are going to pay you for it. (laughs) That's right. Don't worry. (laughs) These are awesome nuggets, Dr. Chrissy. I love them. I, it's making me think, honestly, uh, as I think to myself, you know, I love singing. I love singing and I love the concept of music therapy. And I've, I created and I also really love emotional intelligence. I did some training and personal development work. I have over 10 years of experience in that. And I would love to be able to incorporate this uh, through a company that I recently made, which you're inspiring me to take it to the next level because yes. I 
I simply, you are, you are. I simply started it. That's all I did. I did the paperwork for the S corporation. That was it. But um, you're inspiring me to actually think about how can I incorporate music therapy into my, my care of, as a clinician and how can I, cause singing makes me a little giddy and how can I incorporate EI training into medical student training so that they can feel better and less burned out and self-care and and so as i'm looking at that as i'm as i'm listening to you you're 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 actually placing these seeds into my heart and i can see why whole body optimism is so important uh, and, and speaking of of such as an experience um as an experienced clinician and as the ceo and founder of whole body optimism how have you found that locums fits into your career Sure. Yeah. Great question. Because some people are like, you know, you see this lot of craze on fast fire and like everybody, if you've never heard of it, that you're listening, it's like, how's the the fastest way that I can have financial independence and retire early? That's fire. And so, um, you know, the simple path to wealth and the pathfinders and JL Collins and his work. Yes, exactly. So I would caution people listening to that because a lot of physicians out there that are looking for this fast fire, they're burnout. They don't want to work in the hospital anymore. They don't want to work with patients anymore. Well, I don't think that that is the solution. I don't think that quitting medicine is going to fix the burnout, the the unhappiness you have. You may think that, you know, I'm crazy saying this because, you know, Oh, if I wouldn't have my job, I wouldn't have all this stress. Well, I would challenge you if you're listening to this to really think about what if you really loved what you were doing? You could show up in a different body, a different mind, a different soul, and you can really serve the people in your community, your colleagues and your patients better. So I totally believe that if you are out there, you're an entrepreneur, you want to start a business, you really should think about not leaving medicine. You really should think about how can you still have your foot in the water and really get a pulse on what's going on inside the office, inside the clinic, inside the operating room. Because if you don't, you're going to lose sight of what is going on in the clinical setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a big reason why, and, and and not to mention, I just love locums and the ability to actually sit on the patient's beds, talk to them about, you know, what's going on in their lives. And as a surgeon, you're probably thinking, oh, wait, she's not a psychiatrist. And she actually talks to the patients <laughs> you know, like, Yes. I don't um, expect anything less of you, Dr. Chrissy. I don't, I don't, I don't. After hearing you speak today, no, (laughs) it's just, it's right up your alley. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, it just, locums to me is like a a lower pressured lifestyle practice where you're in the hospital. You can actually take the time to, you know, relate with your patients. You could, um, you know, have these longer conversations with people. And, and maybe that's because I do, you know, a lot of community hospital coverage, and that's different than these bigger main academic institutions where, you know, there's just this 
pounding you to, to pump out our, all these RVUs and your list is, you know, 50 people long and you're getting more consoles than you're even allowed to bill in one 24 hour. Right. Like, right. And it started with residency when we had to, exactly. right. We put in more hours than, than, you know, some of us, not all of us, but, but possibly uh, specifically surgeons, I'm sure lie about their hours, essentially. Essentially, they would work more hours than they were allowed to work through ACGME and they would get docked. I would see that as a medical student on OBGYN rotations and on surgical rotations. And 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 we were worked to the core to work harder than even certain uh, bodies and institutions allow us to, regulatory bodies allow us to. Right. So, you know, for me, I just think that locums allows me to um, and, you know, it's it's no secret that whenever the time that you're spending doing locums, you're getting paid more than uh, your major academic institutions. It's especially if you do more of the sort of private surgery side of things um, and you can negotiate um, your way at some places. And and locums really gives you that opportunity to sort of punch in and punch out because absolutely. You're not, you're not having to be on all these committees and um, QI projects and you could still influence them for sure, but you just don't have that weight and that responsibility. Now, some people love that stuff, you know, like they really love a QI project. Well, you know, like you can get more involved with that. Again, if that's what, you know, you know, gives you warm and fuzzies, then, you know, go for it. So you know, that's, that's how I've found that locums works for me. I couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Chrissy. I think that locums has also allowed me work-life flexibility. It's definitely allowed me to also get a taste for certain institutions and recognize, is this a place where I want to be for several months to years to come? If yes, great. I could ask to be perm or I could, I could continue to, to, uh, further uh, ex extend my contract and talk to my agency about that. Or if I don't love it, then there's less of an attachment. And so there's less of a burnout because you know it's temporary. Whereas when it's a, an academic institution and it's an academic career or or a an FTE that is, you know, salaried, there it's an abyss. It feels like an unending abyss, right? Where then there's less less sense of hopefulness. And there can be a sense of helplessness that can be created as well that can develop. And additionally, one can feel like a drop in the ocean of the system that needs to change, and that can create a sense of worthlessness. And as a psychiatrist, those are the three major risk factors for developing suicidal ideations. And you and I both know, unfortunately, the high statistics among physicians of suicide, unfortunately. And so your work and work and 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 uh, whole body optimism, Dr. Chrissy, is exceptionally important because what you're doing is truly creating a movement where you are changing the world one person at a time, one physician at a time, one trainee at a time, and you are looking at even the trainees, the medical students, the residents, the fellows as full bodied human beings with a mind, body, and soul, not just as a trainee, right? You are treating them with respect. You are setting them up for their future, for a very positive future. And I commend you on all of this. Thank you so much for what you do, Dr. Chrissy. 
how can others join your community of whole body optimism after listening to you today? And are there any other um, points that you'd like to highlight about whole body optimism before we end today that we haven't discussed? Sure. So if you're curious about what clean living and, and whole body optimism would look like, and you are interested in, in cleaning out your pantry, um, I do have uh, my favorite top 20 pantry swaps. And this, um, you know, like everything that I teach is practical. So I don't, again, I don't want you to have me and say like, oh, we're going to have a woo-woo session. You know, it's going to be something I'm going to tell you practically, what are we doing? So we're going to clean out your pantry. We're going to feed your gut healthy things that are simple processed, maybe more whole foods than you're used to, no sugars, no bad oils, things like that. And this is a great starting point. If you want to know what it feels like and what it looks like to have a cleaner pantry, I have a free 20 pantry swap list and on this guide, and I can give you the, the link to it to put it in the podcast notes. Um, you simply click on the clean item and has a hyperlink takes you right to Amazon. I mean, everybody's used to ordering off of Amazon. So right. I made it real easy for you. Right. Um, if you want to go even further to that, um, I have created a boot camp, and it's a small fee. And if you're a resident, you email me and, and uh, we'll work on a, a, a lower price for you. Um, but this boot camp just gives you a really nice start on how to start cleaning up your mind, body, and soul. In that boot camp, I give you an, an affirmation that's an audio and also a short meditation. So if you're you're not used to like what's a meditation, what's an affirmation? Like I'm not used to that. I, I don't know where to Google, where to go to YouTube. Well, it's okay. I got you covered because there's just a, a short one of each on this boot camp. And it gives you a starting place of how to start cleaning up your mind, body, and soul. So, and then if you like that and you want to work with me more on a one-on-one -on -one basis, or you're interested in group coaching, you can email me and, and find out more information about it. Thank you so much, Dr. Chrissy, for your time today. You are an inspiration to us all. I appreciate your time. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. And we hope to have you again on Locum Story Podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. This has been the Locum Story Podcast. To learn more about Locum Tenants and find additional provider stories, visit locumstory.com.